Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. What I want to talk to you about today is understanding the mind of Christ. Understanding the mind of Christ. Let's look at two portions of Scripture. One is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. 2 Corinthians, or rather 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, and the other, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. We read in 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Understanding the mind of Christ, of course, is a vast subject, one that we cannot possibly cover in one session. But we will give it a go, and uh, depending how our time goes, we will go as far as our time will allow us to go. Now, the purpose of such a study is to help us to understand and to recognize the mind of Christ so that we can allow it to dominate and govern our thought life. This is why I, I was impressed to do a study on the mind of Christ. Because if we do not understand, if we do not discern, if we do not recognize the mind of Christ, then we cannot allow it or let it, as the Apostle Paul says, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Now, the first verse that we read from Corinthians says, we have the mind of Christ. But I realize that having the mind of Christ is one thing, but letting it dominate permeate and govern our minds is another. Because the mind of Christ does not work independently from us. We have to allow it. We have to give access or let it dominate our thoughts uh, so that we can uh, walk as Christ walked. Now, this is the principle. And you may want to write this down because it's a very powerful principle. Whoever governs the, the mind of the person governs the whole person. Whoever governs the mind governs the person. And where the mind goes, the person will follow. This is the reason the most fierce and decisive battles in the world of the Spirit are fought 
in the arena of the mind. Our thoughts, our perceptions, become ultimately the governing factor of our attitude and our behavior. It's important to remember that. Our thoughts and our perceptions, in other, word, in other words, the way we perceive things, become the governing factor of our attitude and our behavior. The mind becomes the battleground of the forces of evil and the forces of good, and whoever gains control of our will and our thoughts will ultimately dominate us. It's important to realize that, that your thoughts and my thoughts have a great influence upon the way we behave, upon the way we perceive things. You see, the devil knows that his time on earth is limited, and he also knows that his lease on our planet is running out. The lease that Adam gave him when he bowed his knee to the evil one and gave him access into our planet. But there comes a time, and there will come a time, when his lease runs out. And because of that, because he knows that his time is limited and his time is running out, Every demon in hell, I believe, in our days has been loosed in our society with an agenda to defile, to pollute, and to infiltrate the minds of young and old alike. And he does that through the outlets of information, the media. Paul calls him in Ephesians, I think, chapter 2. The power, he is the prince, he says, of the power of the air, meaning that he controls the airwaves, and through them he endeavors to pollute and to capture the minds of the masses, filling them with darkness concerning spiritual truths. And that's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians, he says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. How does he blind the minds of them who do not believe? through lies and deception that he communicates through the media outlets. And as you can see, even in the schools now, in the United States, all over the United States and Europe, and I'm sure it'll come here too, pushing and forcing ungodly agendas in order to brainwash our young children and pollute them with ungodly ideologies and practices. When I read on my app, I've got the Fox News, and when I read what's going on, it's unbelievable the things that are going on. And so this is the work of the enemy, pushing his agendas through education, through the media, in order to defile and pollute the minds of young and old alike. That is why we need to guard our thoughts and guard our minds. 
And the most effective way to do that is by allowing the mind of Christ to dominate and permeate our thought life. So this is, there is also an enormous pressure on the church today, worldwide, to conform to these agendas and accept them as normal, these ungodly ideologies and practices. Enormous pressure, and it's going to get worse. What we need to realize, church, is that we are engaged in a very serious battle, not just for our souls, but for the soul of nations. This is, this is going on right now in the realm of the Spirit, where, true, uh, where real battles are fought. And I believe that the only antidote and the only resistance to these ungodly agendas is, of course, the eternal truth of God's Word and people who are courageous enough to stand for the truth without compromise, willing even to give their own lives, even unto death. We may come to that. And we need to be prepared. We need to prepare ourselves, to arm ourselves, because the days are coming when it will become very uncomfortable, unpopular, to stand for the truth. Now, the Bible says, I believe, that the thoughts of the righteous, our thoughts, are like a strong fortress, preserving and protecting those who love the truth. I'm going to say that again. The thoughts of the righteous are like a strong fortress, preserving and protecting those who love the truth. Psalm 91 declares that God's truth is our shield and buckler, meaning that His truth covers us completely. So, understanding the mind of Christ, recognizing it, discerning it, and letting it be the governing standard of our thoughts will not only protect us and our children from the evil one that is flooding our world, but also prepare us for the days which are ahead. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 says the following, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Let me say this. It is possible for believers who have been set free in Christ to again entangle themselves with yokes of bondage through their thoughts, the thoughts they allow to enter the minds, meditate on them, and entertain such thoughts. Wrong thinking, remember this, wrong thinking will always produce bondage. Right thinking will produce freedom and liberty in Christ Jesus. 
Now, let me say this. If you are struggling with compulsive, addictive habits or behavior, understand that your thoughts are the primary cause of your addiction. Change your thoughts and ultimately you will change your life. Actually, this is, this is the meaning of the word repentance. Repentance is a change of mind, a continual change of mind that leads to a change of attitude, behavior, and a value system. So, the first thing we need to do before we change our behavior is not to jump on our behavior, but control the mind. Jump on your mind, your thoughts. Examine the thoughts that you meditate on. That is the first or the stepping stone of victory. Purging our minds from unrighteous and ungodly thoughts is the stepping stone to deliverance and victory. Deal first. We need to deal first with the mind and not the flesh. I say that because the flesh is always subject to the mind. Therefore, it is imperative for us to do what? Renew our minds according to Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to this world, but be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove or test or discern that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For us to know, to discern which is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, a renewing of the mind has to take place. Unless the mind is renewed, you will never discern the will of God for your life. It is important to know that. Only through the renewal of the mind, can we discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Now, the Bible teaches that those who are born of the Spirit, us who are born again, have the mind of Christ. We just read that verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. We have the mind of Christ. But as I said before, having the mind of Christ is one thing, but allowing it to govern our thought life is another. And this is where the battle is. This is the reason the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let it or allow it, give it access to. In other words, the mind of Christ does not work independently from our will. It's important to realize that. We have to allow it. We have to let it. We have to give it access to influence the way we think. Now, the Bible also teaches that there are two minds with us. One is from beneath, the other is from above. 
One is of the flesh and the other is of the spirit. And these two minds are contrary to each other and they are constantly at war with each other. One is the mind that is educated and governed by the five physical senses. The other is the mind of the spirit that is educated by the word of God and the spirit of God. The one we give access to or we allow to govern and to permeate our mind is the one that will either lead us to life and freedom or to corruption and ultimately spiritual death. Look at what's Romans chapter 8, verse 6 and 7, and 12 and 13 says the following. For to be carnally minded is death. The carnal mind is the mind of the flesh. But to be spiritually minded, that is the mind of the spirit, is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. The mind of the flesh will never be subject to the laws of God. It is contrary to the laws of God. That's why the Bible says those that walk in the flesh or according to the mind of the flesh will be led into spiritual death. Verse 12 and 13 says in the same chapter, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, speaking of spiritual death. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live, live in freedom and in the liberty that Christ has set us free. So discerning the mind of Christ is an absolute necessity if we are to let it be in us as the Apostle Paul admonishes us. He says, let this mind. Well, what does the mind of Christ look like? What is the nature? What are the characteristics of the mind of Christ? The scriptures, of course, are our guide in this journey of understanding and recognizing the workings of the mind of Christ. And I know we're not going to finish today, but I'm going to go as far as our time will allow us to go. So let's look at one of the primary or predominant characteristics of the mind of Christ. And we read from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through to 8, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic Translation. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this same attitude or mind and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. 
one of the foremost characteristics of the mind of Christ is humility. The Bible says that Christ humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Let's go on reading. Who although Christ being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which makes God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant or slave in that he became like men and was born as a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. As you see here, in these writings of Paul, we see that the, one of the primary characteristics of the mind of Christ is humility. The humble mind is clothed with humility. It is obedient and submissive. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So it is important here to notice in Peter's writings that humility is always submissive, not just to spiritual authority, but all authority and even to one another. He says, submitting yourselves to one another, meaning that the mind of Christ is willing to yield, it is flexible, it is submissive, not argumentative. This submission, the Word of God tells us, clothes us with humility, which protects us from a very dangerous and destructive sin, the sin of pride. But also, humility, a humble mind, attracts God's grace. We become attractive to the grace of God. In other words, we are like a magnet that draws, that attracts more grace. And how desperately we need more grace. Don't you? I do. It attracts the grace of God. That's what Peter says. Let's go on. In verse 7 he says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, comma, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. This is very important. Let me elaborate. According to 1 Peter 5, 7, the mind of Christ, the humble mind, casts, throws its cares, its worries, its anxieties over on God, knowing 
that he cares for us. This is very important. You see, the proud mind does the opposite. It holds on to our cares. It holds on to our anxieties, to our worries, by trying to solve them in our own ability and strength. In other words, we may not say this with our mouths, but very often our actions are communicating a message to God. Remember the four that carried the paralyzed man into the presence of Jesus? What did Jesus see through their actions? The Bible says he saw their faith. The actions revealed the faith. Our actions reveal what we believe. You may say you believe one thing, but if your actions are revealing something different, then you don't really believe. It's like saying to God, for example, when we retain our worries, when we retain our anxieties, our cares, the cares of this world, we are communicating a message to God saying, I can take care of myself. I don't need you because I don't believe you really care for me. That's what worry does. That's what worry communicates. It means that we don't believe that God really loves me and he cares and he watches over me. Therefore, I need to worry because I've got to solve this situation that is confronting me. It's very important to understand that. So let's stop here for a moment. I want us to stop here and examine our thoughts in relation to what I just said. Remember what David prayed, Psalm 139? We've mentioned this verse before a couple of times. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. David in prayer prays to God and he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me or try me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So David prays to God and says, Search me. Let the light of your presence or of your word shine upon me and show me, test me, try me, and see if there are any anxious, worrisome thoughts in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, as I said, let's stop here for a moment and examine our thoughts. Is your mind full of worry? Is it fearful? Is it full of anxiety? Are you restless and overly concerned about anything? About your children, about your future, about your retirement, what you're going to do? If that is the case, then you have allowed not the mind of Christ, but the mind of the flesh to torment you or dominate you. And in that case, you need to acknowledge it. And in the presence of God and with the authority that Jesus Christ gave the believer, renounce such thoughts. Resist them. You need to address them. 
You can't just cower and bow to them. You need to speak up the word of God and say, spirit of fear, the moment you sense fear coming or worry, you stop and you speak. Worry, it's a spirit, it's a thought that causes anxiety and stress. You need to address it and say, in the name of Jesus, I cast you out of my mind. I roll and cast my cares upon God because I know He cares for me. He will deal with them. And if He carries them, there's no use me carrying them. The Bible says the Lord does not slumber nor sleep. So, it doesn't help if both of us are awake, worrying. God will take care of it. That's what we need to do. We need to renounce such thoughts. Not only that, but replace them with the thoughts of God. And if you study the scriptures, if you're a diligent student of the word of God, you will find promises or words that refer to your situation. That's why it's very important for us to be educated in the scriptures, to be trained in the word of righteousness. Amen? <clears throat> Jesus said, I think in Mark chapter 4, the cares of this world entering our thought life choke the word of God and it becomes unfruitful. He considers the cares, the worries, the anxieties of this present age like thorns that grow and choke the Word of God in us. So we may hear the Word, we may study the Word, but on the other hand, if we allow these cares, these anxieties, these worries to dominate our thoughts, they will filter down into our spirits and choke the life of God within us. Many believers have allowed themselves to be choked by the cares and the stresses and the worries uh, of this present age. Jesus said so. Let me say this. <clears throat> we don't realize that the sin of worry, modern-day stress, anxiety, are one of the causes of being unproductive and unfruitful in the affairs of the kingdom. I want to say that again. We don't realize that the sin of worry, worry is a sin. Modern day stress, anxiety, are one of the causes of being unproductive and unfruitful in the affairs of the kingdom. Let me ask you a question. How many Christians today believe that worry is normal and acceptable? Think about that. And how many sincere believers are in the grips of anxiety and depression? Many. The battle of the mind. You see, the mind of Christ is free from these things. No thought of Christ carries any worry or any anxious thought. Over and over again, Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 not to worry. 
Let's uh, read in closing some of these verses in Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 25. This is why I tell you, now Jesus is teaching, not to worry about everyday life. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why, <clears throat> Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Because these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father knows all your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I have counted the times in these short few verses how many times Jesus said, do not worry. Five times. Five times Jesus said, do not worry, do not worry, do not. Now the Lord doesn't repeat words for the sake of repeating. He wants to stress something. And notice what he says. He says, these thoughts dominate the life or the mind of unbelievers. That's why I said a few weeks ago that it is possible to have the Lord Jesus in our hearts, but allow access to the devil in our minds. Are you listening to me? These kind of thoughts give access entrance of the evil one into our lives. It's not enough to commit our hearts to the Lord, but we must also give Him our lives, our, our minds, our thought patterns. Very important. So, what are we to do then with the cares, the worries, the anxieties, these thoughts that repeatedly assault our minds. Oh, I'm glad you asked the question. Peter tells us what to do. Listen to 1 Peter 5, verse 7 in the Amplified Translation. Therefore, humble yourselves. Demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God, that in due time He may exalt you, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him, 
for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. What a beautiful verse. This is one of my favorite verses. And we need to learn this verse off by heart. We cast. To cast means to throw, to renounce these worries, these cares, these anxious thoughts over on God once and for all. Why? Because Peter says, He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So if God watches over me and he cares for me affectionately, there's no need to worry because I'm his child. You are his child. You are in his hands and he will take care of you one way or another. Amen? This is how the humble mind responds to these cares. So it's important to let this mind, the mind of Christ, the mind of the Spirit, infiltrate, permeate our thought life. As we do that, we will go what the Bible calls in Romans, transformation. This is how we are transformed from one level of glory to another, from one level of faith to another. This is how spiritual growth and development takes place. We don't have to worry about our hearts. Our spirits are pure, they're holy, they're righteous in the sight of God. The Holy Spirit lives in our spirit. The problem is with the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions need to be brought in subjection to the Holy Spirit within us so that we are governed by the mind of Christ, by the Spirit of God, being led by the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, mature sons, who are able to take on ministry and responsibility. Well, I trust that um, I spend a lot of time on this study because I've done, recently I've done a number of studies on the mind, and this is one of those studies. Study it for yourself. Look at the scriptures that we just read and quoted. Meditate on them, because that's how the renewal of the mind takes place, by meditating on the Word of God. Worry is meditating on the devil's lies. So let's just close in prayer, and then we'll open it up and pray uh, for any prayer requests that we may have. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the ministry of your Spirit as he communicates to us the mind of Christ, allowing us to discern, allowing us to recognize the nature, the characteristics of the mind of Christ. And Lord, you have instructed and commanded us in your word to let this mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, right now, I take authority over every thought of anxiety, worry, and care that dominates the minds of your people. I break its hold over them, and in the name of Jesus, we cast them out, Lord. We renounce such thoughts. We recognize that worry is a sin. We recognize that caring 
being overly concerned and being anxious and stressed is not of you. Deliver us, help us to renew our minds with the mind of Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.